That song's a killer. Matter of fact, that's the title of my message tonight. I've witnessed it. What that means is that when we witness to someone and we see them get healed, or when we witness to someone and we see a marriage get saved, we've witnessed it. We are the person that testified, but we get to witness the glory of God. We get to witness that. And so I just want to ask a couple questions first. Um, and I'm just going to take the chorus of this song for a second, just a second. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time, but the chorus, it starts out, it says, I've witnessed your faithfulness. My question is, have you witnessed His faithfulness? How many can tell me that? He is so faithful. So faithful. I've seen you breathe life within. I'm going to tell you, at 25 years old, the breath of life came into me. I got saved at 25. And my life was changed. My question is, have you had the breath of life breathed in you by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God? Because if you have, have you shared that breath with someone else? Jesus breathed breath into His disciples. When He came back, He showed up in the room after He was resurrected. And it says He breathed in his, into the disciples from His mouth. He breathed in the Holy Spirit of God. Have you felt that? If you're sitting here and you're a Christian, you've had to feel it. You're different. He breathed life into you from death. See, you were dead in your sins, and He breathed life into you, eternal life. That's powerful. And then the next line, of course, says, so I praise you. I praise you again and again. You're worthy. The line after that says, your promises never fail. I was going to have her put some scriptures up here. If, if any of you ever write notes like I do every sermon, she, she's going to put some scriptures up there that just kind of go along with these four things I'm talking about. But listen, if you just pick up your Bible and you just read God's promises, there's hundreds, there's thousands of promises. In 1 Peter... He talks about a divine power that we have and that we can, we can experience all the promises of God. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. He's got a place for us in heaven prepared already. He's got so many promises, it's unbelievable. So His promises, here's the other thing. It says they never fail because God never fails. We failed God. He doesn't fail us. But the next thing, I've got stories I'll live to tell. That's my question tonight. Are you living to tell them? We've got to tell them. This is a dying world. This is a sinful place. We're in enemy territory. And there's people begging for the story to be told that they haven't heard it. And that's what my deal is tonight. Pastor Mark and I were talking, and thank you for letting me speak this tonight, but 
he, you know, he didn't really want me to preach tonight. Don't clap. Don't clap. Gary's not going to preach. But he asked me to tell stories, some stories. And, and the reason is, is because I want some of y'all to know how simple it is. I'm going to tell some simple stories that everyone in this room can do. Simple stuff. Even if you're uh, shy, there's, there's a couple simple things you can do. So I'm going to tell just a couple stories. And uh, she's going to put a video up there, I mean, uh, some pictures up there, I hope, that just kind of show you some stuff that, that we did. That's my uh, younger daughter and me, and those two guys were living out of that car. As you can see, the guy in front of my younger daughter, he's already broken because we led him to Jesus. That's, this lady here moved here for, to Fort Worth and she came from another city, didn't know how bad the neighborhood was she was moving into because she was moving in where her family lived. And she has a, a younger a teenage daughter, a teenage son. And she, I asked her, all I did was say, how can I pray for you? And she said, we moved into a neighborhood I don't know anything about. They're getting ready to start the school and I have fear. I'm afraid. And I, we prayed over that. And then her teenage son and her teenage daughter, I led them through the Bible and both of them gave their life to Christ right on the steps right there with her mom weeping. Uh, the next picture here, I went to Ohio and I trained over 100 teenagers to go out during a week uh, that they were going to witness to people and pray for people. This is just a small group. I went up there three months in a row and trained kids how to go out and pray for people. And these boys that are, I'm with two of them right there that are basketball players, we went around to every single basketball court in the county and those boys led people to Christ on basketball courts. The boy on the right, we went to his high school and the, they let us come in during school hours and he led eight kids to Christ during school hours. His girlfriend led over a hundred kids to Christ in the middle school. I've witnessed it. I was there watching teenagers lead people to Jesus, 108 of them in a county of 22,000 people. That right there, after the whole thing was over, the guy behind it's the head of FCA, and he said, would you mind blessing these kids? And I blessed those kids before I left and went home. Those are kids that went out, part of the 108. You can tell that guy's excited. <laughs> That's when I was teaching him. Actually, we're supposed to be praying, and he was praying for more sleep. But that's just one group I trained. <laughs> that guy was a killer. Okay, this guy here, he's walking to the hospital with chest pains. He'd already had a heart attack several years ago, and he didn't have a car. And so me and this lady were praying over him, praying healing over him, and we had another lady go and get her car to take him to JPS. Uh, I think we got, we got one more, maybe not. Anyway, um, that's just some stuff. But I just want to talk some short stories. So um, I go to Chick-fil-A. This has been several years back. I went to Chick-fil-A one day, and I went inside, and uh, there was a young boy in there, a teenage boy, uh, wearing a Maverick shirt, Dallas Maverick shirt. And I said, hey, man, you, you're a Maverick fan? He said, oh, yeah. I said, you ever been to a game? He said, no. He said, man, I wish I could go to some games. He said, have you ever been to a game? 
And I said, well, I'm a 38-year Dallas Mavericks season ticket holder. I've been to a few. But I started talking about the Lord. He had a cross on. And I started talking to him. I said, where do you go to church? He doesn't go to church. He said, I really wish I could find a good church. And I said, well, why don't you meet me Sunday morning at First Baptist Burleson? And this boy said, I'll be there. I've heard that a hundred times. I'll be there. And they never show up. This kid showed up. This kid gave his life to Christ at our church the very first time he walked in. Walked down the aisle weeping, gave his life to Christ, and got baptized. That's Chick-fil-A, Burleson, Texas. So then we're out in Fort Worth one day praying, me and a, an elderly lady, and uh, she always liked to go out with me, I guess. She called, she called us salt and pepper. She's a black lady, and I'm white, so she's like, we're salt and pepper, let's go out, salt and pepper. She's 75, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. But we went out, we were in a park, and we ran into this girl. Her daughter uh, ha- is autistic. She had moved here from Louisiana because of an abuse situation. And she found an apartment. She had a job. She found an apartment. But the only problem is they had no money to buy any kind of furniture. So they're sleeping on the floor. And we prayed over that. And then God gave me an answer. I have a friend that is a pastor of a church in Fort Worth, and he had all kind of furniture. So I called him up and I said, you got some furniture to supply for this apartment? And my son-in-law and the pastor and I went and supplied furniture for every single room in their apartment. See, God can use us. Let's say you weren't the one that witnessed to this person, but you're the guy that carried those uh, couches up the stairs, you know, while I watched. (laughs) That's two flights of stairs, dude. (laughs) I'm 60-some years old. Anyway, but that was her need. I'm in Lima, Ohio one time, and we're up there for a, a prayer thing, and we're up there witnessing to people, and a young couple said, hey, will you go out with us? And I said, sure. So we go out, and we're driving down the road. I'm driving. This young couple sitting in the back, and they said, oh, they were engaged, so they could sit in the back by themselves. I'm just, okay, so anyway, they're in the back, and, and uh, we go down the street, and all of a sudden the, the guy says, hey, turn around, turn around. So I did a U-turn, shoot, I got a ticket, but I didn't. I hope there's no police officers in here. But anyway, I turn around, and I said, what? And he goes, there's a guy down here standing in front of this store. And I said, okay. And he, he said, the Holy Spirit just told me we got to witness this guy. And I said, okay. So I pull up. Well, this guy looked like he could hurt you. He's a big old dude. And, uh, and then we were in a bad area of town, so I told them, I said, you stay in the car. I'll go talk to him. So they said, okay. So they locked the car, and they went around the side, not to intimidate him, but three people going up and trying to witness to him. Don't do that. Scares people. So I, it scared me. Anyway, so I go up to this guy and I start talking to him and find out that he used to be a drug dealer and he uh, was trying to get off drugs and all that. And we had a long talk about Jesus Christ and he gave his life to Christ. And that night I baptized him in a church that very night. Changed his life. And let me, let me just tell you this I witnessed that. I got to witness that. We had a, we got a young man right here in this audience tonight sit to my left that was so fired up with the Holy Spirit, he wanted to do a Bible study at my house. The very first Bible study we did, what happened? His friend broke down and gave his life to Christ. 
Now, he may not be following Jesus now, but he got that seed in him, didn't he? And that's what we're hoping, that he'll come back to Jesus. I witnessed that in my living room. Thank God for you, Eric. This past week, I'm at Cheddar's, and I'm, trying, I'm supposed to uh, witness to a classmate of mine that we weren't in any classes together in high school because I went to a school that had 750 kids in it. He was never in any of my classes, but he came to my basketball games, and I saw him play football. So we didn't really know each other that well, but he got a hold of me after he found out something that I was doing for the Lord, so he said, can we have lunch? I said, sure. So I'm going to try to witness to my classmate, but before that happened, the waiter came over and he had a cross on. Young, young uh, waiter. And I said, hey, man, I like your cross. I said, are you a Christian? He said, well, I didn't... I left churches and stuff. I left all that stuff. I'm a Buddhist now. And I said, you're a Buddhist? He said, yeah. I said, how's that karma going for you? He said, what do you mean? I said, you got some good karma going on? And he goes, oh, you know a little bit about Buddhism. I said, yeah, you, you know, you're getting ready to have a new life someday if you can really get up there, you know. When you, if you know anything about Buddhism, I, I told him, I said, he looked at me and I said, you know, uh, you know Buddha died, right? Jesus never died. He rose again. And we had an incredible conversation there before my guy got there. And basically, he took my card. He took my business card and he says, I'm going I'm to get back with you. We, we need to talk about this because I think you're right. My last thing I said is, talking about reincarnation and all that, if you know anything about Buddhism, I said, you know, you're trying to live a better life. So if you got better karma than bad karma, you get to move up, you know, and all that, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, so let me ask you a question. So you're going to come, you're going to get reincarnated into something else or you're going to get higher level. And Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I don't, you know, I believe in Jesus and so I'm going to have eternal life. Here's the deal. You're trying to live your works. You're trying to work to be good. And I said, with Jesus, I can't be good enough. And we went through this conversation. At the end, I said, let me ask you one question. If you're wrong about Buddhism and you die and you're wrong about it, that's it. But if I live as good as I can for Jesus Christ and I die and, and I'm wrong about Jesus, have I lost anything? No. I've lived a great life. I lived the best I could. I said, you've lost everything if Jesus is true. And that's how I left him, and that's why he said, I want your card. That was at Cheddar's in Arlington. I wasn't supposed to talk to that kid, but I did. Um, last week at Cheddar's, I ran into a, a, a waitress that uh, I was like the first one there. It was a weekday, wasn't many people. She had a cross on. So I said, hey, what's your name? She told me. I said, oh, you Christian? I said, yeah. I said, where do you go to church? She told me, and I know the church, a really good church in Fort Worth. And so we got to talking, and I said, you, you know, you're looking like an athlete. She said, well, I just got out of college last year. I was a track star on a full scholarship. She said, but I'm just kind of out there lost right now. I'm, I, you know, I don't know what I want to do and everything. And I said, but you're a Christian, right? She said, yeah, yeah. 
And I said, uh, what's your passion? She said, well, I love hanging out with the high school kids and try to teach them about Jesus and everything. I said, then why don't you go talk to your youth pastor and your pastor and see if there's any room for you to be an intern in your youth department. She said, oh man, I would love to do something like that. A week later, I ran into her again and she talked to the pastor. She's now working in the youth department. Listen, you don't have to lead people to Christ. Some of them are already there. They're just looking for something. They're not serving anywhere. But she wanted to. She had this passion. She's going to lead some people to Christ. This girl had a smile as wide as Texas. I mean, she's... I'm ornery. She's good, look, you know, good looking and smiling. I mean, it's crazy what she could do. But last week, again, I'm on my way to talk to my buddy. And he said, call him first. And he'd see if he could meet me or not. And so I said, okay. So I'm in Arlington. I'm working. I just came back from Dallas. I'm working in Arlington. He hadn't called me yet. He's going to call me and say if he can meet me or not. So I pull into a Starbucks off Collins and and, uh, 20. And I pull in my truck and I uh, look out and there's a a guy pulling his suitcase down the street with a a sleeping bag. and It's cold out. It's one of those cold days. Windy and cold. He's pulling his sleeping bag and he's got it a suitcase and a pillow and a little beagle puppy. And so I got out and the Lord said, talk to this guy. So I went over and I asked him how he was doing. I said, what's your name? Is Robert. And I said, so you doing okay? Can I get you coffee? He says, no, I'm, I'm fine. He said, you know, I, I don't need, I just had breakfast there. I'm good. He said, I'm, I'm on my way to meet a guy that's going to, that is going to help. He's a friend of mine. He's going to help me find a place to stay. I said, Okay. We start talking. He said, hey, uh, I know you're a Christian. I said, yeah. And he said, well, I am too. I know the Lord. He said, I just had some bad things happen to me. And uh, he said, I know the Lord, but uh, just had some tough times and everything. And I said, "Uh, do you need money or anything? He says, no, I, I got money. I'm not asking for anything. You don't have to give me anything. I said, well, there's one thing you do need. He said, what's that? I said, you need me to pray for you. He said, absolutely. So I'm praying with this guy. I don't know if you've ever been able to put yourself in somebody else's place. But the Lord put me in His place. And I'm thinking, this guy struggling, homeless, and you know what? Any of us in this room could end up that way someday. We have no idea what can happen in our life. But he was happy. He was joyful. He said, I don't need anything. I've got $150 that's going to get me through for a while. So I said, well, i got to get you something else. So I, I gave him some money. But here's the deal. I got out. When I got out and I was hugging this guy and praying over this guy, I had laid my cell phone and my notepad on the hood of my car, on the hood of the truck. And I went into Starbucks with my, car, my phone out there, my... God protected my phone, my notebook, and everything. It's laying right out in the open. And in my heart, I felt God protected because I did what God told me to do. He does the same for all of us. You see, He blesses those who bless Him. I don't know. 
I got a little more time, so I just got to tell you this one. I'm going to tell you this one for Gary. So I get on a plane in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is when I was working for this company, and, and I flew back with this guy. Well, he gets on the plane. He's the last one on. I'm on the, I'm on the uh, window, and there's a guy on the aisle, and there's a middle seat. And they told us already the plane's full, no more seats, everybody. They're getting ready to shut the door, and they let this guy on. And he comes on with his army duffel bag, and, and he's a pretty big guy. And he's got to sit in the middle seat. <laughs> and the, all the overheads are full. So he takes his bag, kicks it, kicks it, kicks it under his seat as far as he can. He puts his knees, his knees are up to here. He's going to fly back to Dallas like that. And his face is all red, and he's mad. And I'm reading a book called Radical. <laughs> Dude's radical. And so I'm reading this book, and he looks over, and he kind of looks at it for a minute, and then I look at him. I said, bad day? And he said, no, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I said, yeah, I've had a few of those days. And I said, but they're far and few between. He said, why is that? And I said, because the Lord gets me through everything. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, you know, I used to go to church a lot, but I got in the military, got out of church, got a divorce, and bad divorce, and just hadn't been to church in a long time and everything. And he said, what's that book you're reading now? And I said, oh, it's called Radical. Oh, really? How good is it? I said, it's a good book. I said, and in the back of the book, I've already read it once. I'm getting ready to teach it, so that's why I'm reading it again. In the back of the book, there's these challenges in the back of the book. He goes, like what? I said, I'll tell you what, I got an extra one. I pulled out the book and gave it to him. I said, check it out. So he starts reading. We get halfway home, and he looks at me and goes, this book is killing me. Dude, I said, wait till you get to the end. So he goes ahead and turns it to the end. And he gives him a challenge, you know. The challenge is this, folks, and we need to read this challenge. Read the Bible all the way through in one year. Give up something you spend a lot of money on and use it for charity, to give to some charity or church or whatever you want. To, don't For one year, give up this money you use and, and for one year, use it on something for the Lord. And he goes about all these different challenges. So he looks at me and he goes, well, what'd you give up? Do you ever give up anything for the Lord? I said, well, I'll tell you the honest the truth and I'll tell you guys this and I'm not bragging. These are stories that God is in charge of. Okay, not Gary. I told him, I said, yeah, one year I gave up my Dallas Mavericks season tickets. He goes, you're kidding me. I said, you know what happened? He said, what? And I said, the guy in front of me, I was talking to him about it and I told him about this guy. And he said, you gave up your tickets? You're not coming back next year? I said, no. He goes, I'll give you half of mine. Come on. God blesses those who bless Him. Yes. So I gave up my tickets. Anyway, this guy, his, he tells me his name's Todd Chance. And he reads that book. And we get off the plane. I put my phone number and my email in that book. I said, Tell, I want you to let me know how that goes with that book. Okay? Three months later, and I was working for another company. I didn't have my own yet. I'm working for another company. Three months later, that guy sends me an email and he says, hey, I want you to know that I've been reading the Bible and I've got my whole group of guys that I'm working with reading the Bible. We're reading it all the way through. Everybody in his, what do you call it? Company. company. Everybody in his company. Wish all my company would do that. But anyway, <laughs> everybody in his company is reading through the Bible in a year. He's given up stuff. He said, we're doing everything. That challenge, and every one of us is trying to give, give up everything. He said, it's changed my life. It's changed their life. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I printed that email off. I printed it off to teach the youth I was working with. 
what, did, what happened with this guy's life. I printed it off. I was working for another company, though. So, fast forward. I'm sound asleep one night. Three o'clock in the morning, the Lord wakes me up. And the Lord says, and I'm, by then I'd already left that company and I'm working on my own, with my own company. And the Lord says, you need to call Todd Chance. I said, who's that? I see, I talk to a lot of people. I don't, who's Todd Chance? I don't know who Todd Chance is. So I start praying. I said, Lord, who's Todd Chance? He says, the military guy coming back from Charlotte on the plane that told you that he's reading the Bible. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How do, I get, how do I get a hold of him? I don't have his number. I don't even have his email. That he, I don't have anything. I didn't even remember his name. Well, that day was, was a cleaning day. I'm in my office. I'm cleaning up old stuff. Boom. God hands me his email with his phone number on it. Now listen, the date was on the email. Five years exactly to the day I met that guy on the plane. Five years to the day God woke me up and told me I have to call this guy. Come on, that just can't happen. That's God. So I, I, get, I call Todd on the phone. I said, Todd, I don't know if you remember who I am. I don't know if you remember anything about me. I start telling him, and he goes, oh, yeah, I remember you well. And, uh, and I said, well, I just, God woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and told me to call you, and I don't know why. You'll have to tell me. Dead silence on the phone. All of a sudden, I hear him sobbing. He said, Gary, I have a loaded gun on my desk and I was going to kill myself today right before you called me because I can't get over my son's suicide. He said, I got that gun right out here. He said, my ex-wife and me just can't get past it and I was going to take my own life today. Long story short, he didn't. And we talked for several months and then he said, I'm good. You don't need to keep calling me every day. You're all right. I'm good. Six months later, he calls me on the phone. He says, hey, dude. He goes, I'm, I've got a new girlfriend I'm dating, and uh, we're coming up to a little town called Joshua, Texas. And I said, dude. He goes, I know. You live right by there in Burleson. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, it's Easter Sunday. Can we go to your church with you on Easter Sunday? I said, absolutely. So he shows up, and he's got a young man with him that he's mentoring. And so they show up. We go into the service. I'm sitting on the edge because I do prayer like we do here. And, I, and so if anybody goes down or whatever. And so his buddy that he's mentoring gets broken during the service and gives his life to Christ. We walk down the aisle together. And pastor says, we got baptismals full in the other, in the other service room. Go baptize him. And I baptize his buddy. You don't know what God's going to do when you reach out. You don't know how God will do things. But here's the last thing I want to tell you. Sometimes in your life, you don't even have to say anything. You just need to live it. You need to live it out. And you can change people's lives. we got a video we're going to show you right now that shows you that we can, you can just live it out. You'll have to watch it closely because a lot of things happening. 
genommen. About changing the money, was it? Those same things can happen in Burleson, Texas, Joshua, Cleburne, all around. If we just have our eyes open and our hearts wide open. He made a lot of change with that change. And that is what God's calling Christ's people to do. Change the world. Change your area, wherever you're at. And the young kid got it. He got it. Let's pray.